we are in Matthew, the 20th chapter, uh, talking, uh, going through the teachings of Jesus. And uh, we're going to pick it up again, back up uh, verse uh, 26 of uh, chapter 20. And, uh, and going through this today. Let's see what we learn today. Jesus says this. He, he was giving a parable about servanthood and trying to explain to his disciples. So the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest. You remember that uh, James and John had their mom come to Jesus to try and work it out so that they would be the greatest in Jesus' kingdom. The other guys got mad at him uh, because they wanted to be the greatest. And they used to literally have arguments about <laughs> who was the greatest among them. No problem of self-esteem among these boys. All right. So Jesus was trying to con communicate to them what it means to truly get ahead in the kingdom of God. And uh, he says this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Now, he's not talking about uh, being a servant to God. Whoever must be great among you must be your servant. He's talking about serving one another. Now, when you start talking about the idea of servanthood, you know, a lot of people are very sensitive about this because we have great fear in our culture today of being taken advantage of. And people are just scared to death. We, we, uh, we don't trust authority. We think authority is always a th potential threat. Uh, authority is always wrong whenever they can be wrong. And uh, I mean, at every level. I mean, you know, if, uh, if your kid's upset in school, they go after the teacher, you know. They, all you got, anybody who's a teacher knows what I'm talking about. You get a kid upset, the parents are at your throat, which is totally different. You know, when I was raised, uh, teachers could knock you upside the head, and, and you didn't say anything to your parents. Because <laughs> then your parents would hit you harder. <laughs> you know, but today, you know, because the teachers were always right. You know, authority was always right. There was always respect for authority. If you got in trouble with the cops, you were in big trouble at home, you know. But now, it's the exact opposite. Uh, if something happens to your kids or to your family or to somebody else, whoever's trying to take advantage of me, we go after them, uh, you know, full steam ahead. And there's this great fear of being taken advantage of. And, and to some degree, there's some legitimacy in that. There are people who take advantage and stuff. But the reality is, in the Christian world, we need to embrace the concept of being a servant. And he goes on to say, not only must uh, they must be your servant, okay, talking about serving one another, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. In other words, I'm asking you to do what I have done, which is to come and to serve people and, and to, to serve one another. Now, a lot of the problem in, in so many churches today is uh, we don't want to serve. Uh, we find the idea of servanthood rather insulting. We're Americans after all. We don't, none of us want to be servants. You know, we want to hire immigrants to be our servants or somebody else. But now we're Americans. Don't tell me what to do. I mean, we just have this attitude that is hardwired in us. Uh, we have created to a great degree consumeristic Christianity where people come primarily to any church because of the programs that they 
uh, provide. And it almost becomes, in, in a lot of cities, we don't get caught up into the, much of this nonsense in, in, in Wisconsin. But, you know, I'm in the Bible Belt all the time, preaching and teaching there, and churches on every corner, and they literally compete with it, each other, trying to have the best children's or the best youth or the best this or the best that. And people will literally just move back and forth all over the place based on whoever is giving them the best attention at any one time, the best speaker, the best music, the best entertainment, uh, you know, because we want to be served. Most people come to church, sadly, and, and this is true pretty much everywhere, uh, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not really picking on you guys. I'm not picking on church. I, I think we have a wonderful church. I think it's great. I'm not talking to someone who's left mad about one thing or another. I'm teaching you what Jesus said. We're at this point, and we need to talk about these things. This is an attitude that we need to work on. Jesus said, go into all the world and teach them what I've taught you. Well, this is what Jesus taught us. In the Christian community, we need to learn to serve. Again, many people come to church, a great many people come to church, with the primary focus and consideration is what can I get? And you can hear them talk, you know, well, I am not being fed, or I am not getting what I need, or I am not enjoying the music. And music's always a hot button issue. Everybody's got emotional connections to music, you know, depending on whatever you know, type of music they want. Or I'm not getting this, or my kids aren't getting that. Uh, and I think as a church, we want to provide the very best of whatever we can to people so that we're giving excellence as much as we possibly can. And I think by and large, uh, at all of our celebration campuses, the, the programs that we offer are very strong and, and very positive and people enjoy it. But even in that context, at some point it has to stop. At some point you got to grow. It has to stop being about me. It has to, and I'm talking about me, I'm talking about Elvis, you know, me, 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 you know, what I'm getting in, and whether I like this, or I like that, and I like this, and I don't like the way, that, and that greeter, I didn't like that greeter, because he didn't smile at me the right way, and all, all this kind of craziness. At some point, you know, it's always going to be there, you'll never escape it. But at some point, if we're going to grow, if you're going to grow in your Christian faith, me, everybody, at some point you have to learn to serve and to be a servant. Now, it's interesting Jesus used the analogy of a servant because servants' lives kind of stink. You know, it's about the lowest form <laughs> that you can have. You're talking about someone who's just told what to do and they do it. The closest thing we have to that today is an employee, you know, but even then, employees will only do so much and if they don't like it, they tell you to stick it and they, they go work somewhere else, which is fine. It's a free country. It's America, all right? But in uh, the analogy that Jesus given, when we talk about serving, these are people, they just serve. They just look whatever they could find to do, they did it, or whatever people asked them to do, if it was within their power, they would do it. And sadly today, we have created too much of an atmosphere of what can we do to make you happy? What do you like to do? And I think that we, that's important. We should try and find what's in people's hearts, where their gifting is. Nobody understands that more than me. I went for the majority of my adult life in churches. They would never let me speak. <laughs> because I was a little crazy and you know pastors were much more serious and a guy like me was like you know totally weird so they never would give me an opportunity I went probably uh, almost 20 years without preaching one sermon you know because just they didn't want to let me preach one 
Well, I didn't just get mad and leave. You know, I just, sir, whatever you asked me to do. I primarily played the piano and the organ or any place else that people would ask me to do. I would just serve because I wanted to just honor God and serve even though I wasn't, my gifting wasn't being recognized. The good news is if you'll just serve, Jesus said, if you'll humble yourself, God will lift you up, right? He'll lift you up. And all of a sudden, you know, now today, uh, my life is dramatically different. And I think one of the opportunities why I'm able to travel all over the world speaking into millions of people's lives in huge churches on radio and television and conferences and all these things is because for 20 years I was still content to serve even though nobody recognized my gifting, right? I mean, five, six years ago, nobody in the world cared who I was or what I had to say about anything. Now, it's totally different. I'm having more fun than should be legally allowed at this point, you know. <laughs> People, people ask me, a friend asked me yesterday, when are you going to retire? Are you kidding? I'm just getting going. <laughs> Why would I quit now? I'm just now catching up. I'm kind of a late bloomer, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, and it's great, so I understand all of that. But even still, a lot of what I'm even able to enjoy today in God, at some point you got to become usable so God can use you. And part of that in the Christian community is learning how to serve, to be a servant. And that means being asked to do things that maybe you don't really want to do, but yet you willingly do it. Uh, and without taking offense or being, uh, and Jesus gave, you know, the parable we were in last week, you know, about the servant working all day and he comes in and he's tired and the servant, the master doesn't say, gee, how was your day? He just said, hey, go clean up and fix my food and serve me and never compliments the guy. And Jesus said at the end of the day, the guy should just say, you know, I'm just a servant. I didn't do anything spectacular today. I just did what I was asked. And here's a guy who had a real hard day. I mean, that is so contrary to our, if we're not constantly being validated for everything that we do, we tend to get, you know, very frustrated and stuff. And at some point, we have to learn, if we're going to really be a great church, I think we are a great church at many levels, but if we're going to really become the kind of church that God wants us to be, we need to create a culture of serving. What can I do to serve others? Now, I get it. When you're first coming to this church, you're just coming to learn. And the reason you are coming is because you do like whatever building you're in or the people that you saw, or the music that you heard, or the preacher that you had to listen to. And, and great. And I understand that. There's that that's normal. Uh, and not every church is going to appeal to everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. But some people like it. You know, they say, oh, great. So, and that's fine. But at some point, if you're going to grow in your faith and if you're going to truly become part of the church culture, we need to learn to serve. What can I do? And you need to ask yourself, where am I looking? Uh, are you looking for opportunities to serve in the church? Have you been coming to various campuses and stuff? You know, how long have you been there? Do you just come and you check out again? Now, some of you can't because of your jobs and different requirements. You know, I, I get it. But if you can, where is your opportunity? Are you looking for places to serve? Or are you just uh, looking for some place where you can be validated? That's oftentimes what people are looking for. Um, and let's face it, a lot of the servant opportunities, I've talked about this before, a lot of the servant opportunities in churches are pretty humiliating. You know, there's not a whole lot you can do that really builds your ego, okay? A lot of you listening to me are very competent, talented, highly educated people, you know, and what's your opportunity in church? 
you know, hand out a bulletin to somebody who comes in the door. You know, this is not exactly intellectually challenging, not to insult those who hand out bulletins, okay? I'm not doing that, okay? Or to hand out trays of communion, or to, you know, point a kid in the right direction, or to juggle rugrats in the back room so you parents can sit here in peace, or whatever, and stuff like that. A lot of these things, you know, it's almost like people, a lot of people in churches, they don't get involved because they're trying to find something worthy of their status in life. Well, there's not a lot of that. In most churches, the only opportunity you have are literally servant opportunities. They're kind of things where you just serve. What can I do? How can I, you know, uh, make it easier for you? And they're not really highly challenging positions by and large. Uh, they're just servant opportunities. And we need to start embracing this attitude of what can I do to serve? And if someone asks you to serve, you know, be willing to serve. Or if you're serving in one area and someone asks you, you know, would you please go serve in another area? That's usually where we start running into trouble. As soon as you start changing people's servant status, they get very angry and upset because they get so in love with whatever area that they're doing. And that's not servanthood. Servanthood should be willing. Jesus came and he left the glories of heaven and he came to serve people. He put himself below everybody. He even got his disciples together at one point and got down on his knees and washed their feet, which it was, even to the disciples was insulting. I mean, because that's the lowest you can get. That's the, that's the lowest servant. You know, when your job is to clean people's feet when they come in the door, this is not a high, <laughs> high position. You know, you don't need a PhD for that one. Okay, that's one of the lowest servants. And Jesus literally gets down and does this for his disciples. Do we have servant hearts? Can I serve? Now, um, oftentimes, uh, because we're so afraid of authority, um, people really, you know, as long as I can do what I want, and if the pastor or the campus pastor or someone in charge of that department asks me to do something I want, they turn around and they attack the leader because they think, you know, you can't tell me what to do and you're being abusive and stuff like that because we're so hypersensitive to this. But that's not abuse. Asking someone to do this instead of that, that's not exactly, you know, again, we're just asking. Nobody has to do anything. It's not like I'm the king of the world. <laughs> it's like in some department leader doesn't want you to watch the three-year-olds, but what I can say to watch, help with the six-year-olds or whatever the thing is. Uh, these are very simple things to do and, and, and why we would interpret that as some kind of abuse at this level, I don't understand. I've been under abusive pastoral ministries. I have. Pastor Joe and I served in one together for some time. These people literally would micromanage your life. You couldn't do anything without checking with them. You couldn't go visit your parents without getting permission from your elders. You couldn't get married unless the elders approved of who you're going to marry. In fact, I married the redhead. I went to those elders and I was scared to death because if they said no, that would have been it. Now, that's truly abusive. Now, this is back in the 70s and stuff, but there was a, and there was a lot of abuse going on at times. And I think a lot of the kickback today is because of what horrible things some of these psycho powerful you know, people in churches thought they could rule the universe. Well, they weren't being servants. All of us, even me, I need to be a servant. But nobody around here thinks in those kinds of terms. I mean, no one's telling you whether or not to go visit your mom or not or who you can be with or 
there's a, I know of churches where the, the elder, you'd have to go to the elders to get permission to go find another job somewhere else, even if you didn't work for them. If you were for McDonald's, you'd have to get permission from the elders before you could go find a job at Burger King. I mean, that kind of, this crazy, psycho, insane stuff where they really controlled people's lives. Nothing like that. There's not even a hint of that in our culture. No one's trying to control anybody. We're just trying to advance the church and trying to plug people in different places. And we should be able to do that if we have servants' hearts. You say, well, I'm just going to obey Jesus. I don't have to obey man. Well, that's not really what the Bible says. Remember, Jesus said about you guys being servants to each other. It wasn't about just being a servant of God. We're supposed to be servants of God, but it's more than that. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, you don't have to find this to you guys back there, but Hebrews 13, 17, fairly familiar portion of scripture, not a popular one though. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them. Well, we hate that idea. People don't want to obey anybody in authority. I just want to do what God's called me to do and I don't care what anybody says. And I'm gonna... When people think in those kind of terms, a church can't truly grow. It is primarily why there are so many small churches in America. There's 400,000 churches in America. 80% of them have 100 or less people in them. It's not because the gospel isn't appealing to people, but that's about as many people as you can get together and work out these dynamics and stuff where people feel validated. People would rather be a small fish, you know, a big fish in a very small pond than a small fish in a big pond. And uh, people get to control things more in smaller environments. Uh, all this kind of thing. And it, and it is what it is. And, and, and I don't mean to criticize anybody. It's just that if we're going to be the kind of church that I believe God wants us to be, whether you're Stevens Point, Appleton, whatever, uh, we need to have the kind of attitude, let me serve. Let me serve. So, but but are, not only are we opposed to that oftentimes because of just who we are and the culture in which we live. You know, we live in a culture today where no one can upset anybody. We all have the right not to be offended, right? You can't call anybody anything. You got to be careful about what, you know, category of people and this, that, and the other. And everybody just screams and yells that they're being offended all the time in America. And a lot of that has crept into the church too. And people feel attacked and stuff. Uh, but at some point, a servant just serves and they're not all that concerned about you know how you ask them to serve and let me ask you a question a little pop quiz now I can't hear you guys in Stevens Point and and uh and Appleton and of course in the second service I can't hear you either <laughs> but in this service you know you can holler it out in those services if you want just to see if you get it right kind of like a game show you know you yell at the tv that's the answer and then you know if you win you win nothing because you're not on tv but uh if someone really does hurt your feelings, you are working in a certain department, you're working in the TV department, and Nancy is being really mean and tells you to change the camera, and you didn't, Nancy's sweet, she wouldn't hurt a fly, but it's just whatever, okay? What are you supposed to do if somebody hurts your feelings in the church? Anybody know? Forgive. Ding, 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 ding. Somebody got it right. That's what forgiveness is for. To say, well, friends didn't shine Friday because they didn't do that the right way. And, well, that's what forgiveness is for. Now, we should try and do things the right way all the time. But if somebody does something the wrong way, doesn't say something the right way to you or handles something the right way, 
Only in America where everybody's so hypersensitive to number one, being offended and no one can tell me what to do. And if you're not telling me how to do it the right way, then we attack them even more. It's all based in a culture of disrespect for authority, fear of authority, and, uh, and willingness to take offense. If someone does something, if I say something to you that you think, I don't like the way he said that. Or Pastor Lathan, he's really mean. If, if he says something to you, or Pastor Chad, or someone else, you know, I get emails from time to time from people in other campuses talking about their evil campus pastor. And I usually just send it to them so they can see it. And so if you send me something nice about your campus pastor, I promise you they're going to see it, okay? So be careful. Uh, you know, uh, and how evil they are, and horrible, and they did this, and, this and, it, and at some point, they don't even care what it says, but it's just the way that they handle it. You know, Ross asked me to, to pick up this, this piece of paper and, and he was very rude in the way that he, because Ross is very, very rude and mean and he's a horrible person and I can't believe he said it that way. And, and I think they want me to jump in and smack these guys, uh, which I'll talk to them about it. Don't be so mean <laughs> or whatever. But at some point, it is incumbent upon those who have been offended your response to that is supposed to be forgiveness. That's what forgiveness is for. You just all stood up and we all prayed together with your campus pastor, the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know what? I've mentioned this before. We need to talk about this at our Presbyterian meeting. We almost need to change that, the wording. You know, actually none of the uh, Protestant Bibles even has the word trespasses, you know. It's, it's, it's an old church term that we use. It means forgive us our sins. Maybe people don't understand what they're talking about. Maybe we need to quit it and change the word to sin. We'll talk about it. See if you guys can handle the change. Oh, all right. We're changing things in the church. I'm leaving. You know, just seriously, just relax, okay? Servant, just serve, okay? And if you're offended that we change the word, what are you supposed to do? Forgive them, Okay? You don't just get mad and take offense. You're not supposed to be taking offense. But you just said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It literally means forgive us our sins as we ask people, as we forgive people who sin against us. Forgive us for ticking you off because we forgive people who tick us off is what it means. Now, if you don't forgive people who tick you off, that stupid pheasant, slacking pheasants, well, you're in a bad place. You just gave God permission not to forgive you. Seriously, we need, I talk about this all the time and it's like talking to the hand. But we have to get, forgiveness is Christianity 101. We will endeavor to be as nice as we possibly can. I'm not a mean man. I'm not an angry, bitter man. I'm a pretty happy grandpa, to be honest with you. I don't walk away all long, day long going, oh, stupid people, I'm sick of people, I hate people, go to church. I don't think, like, I like people, I like you. None of our campus pastors, I don't think, are bitter, angry, old people. Except Lathan. And I, no, I just... <laughs> Actually, you're not the old guy anymore. Joe's older. Yeah, Joe's the geezer. Pastor Methuselah, we'll start calling him. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we're not bitter old guys that are just, you know, we're, we actually try to be nice to people. But it's virtually impossible to always answer somebody the right way. So, you know, anybody married out there? Have you ever said something 
that you needed to say, but you didn't really say it the right way. Yes, amen. No, 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 of course, never. Yes, some of you. No, not me. Never. You know. All right. What do you do? Do you bop them upside? Well, sometimes you bop them upside the head, but you just. It's forgiveness. You have to forgive. It's virtually impossible for a man and woman to live together. Well, it is not virtually. It is impossible. If you don't forgive, you have to forgive. Because someone's going to take off somebody. Your children will take you off. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> Those cute little babies, some of you really young parents, and you're just, you're just enamored with how cute they are. <laughs> <laughs> wait till they start talking you know and they're, they're going to take you off wait till they become teenagers you know oh my goodness gracious you know those little things that you just just delight over are going to drive you up a wall why it's what they do what do you do you got to forgive them or you go to prison for killing them so it's one of the two and you don't go to prison for killing them <laughs> So, I mean, and, and then in churches too, again, yes. Should we always handle something absolutely the best possible way we can? Of course we should. And if someone's being a mean jerk and Pastor Mark's being a mean and sensitive jerk, and it's fine to bring it up and say, you know, you're being kind of a jerk and da-da-da. Okay, but even, and we'll, we'll do our best. We're not hard-hearted people. We don't hate anybody. Nobody wants to be thought of as a jerk. If you tell me I'm a jerk, you know, I'll, I'll work on it <laughs> you know uh, so you know but even still and this isn't addressed to any it all this is not addressed to anybody who's not here this is addressed to us anyone who's gone over the last few years they're gone fine but let us start getting a different mindset if somebody handles us in a way we don't think we should be handled our response is supposed to be well forget that's what you do you forgive them you can point out look you're being a jerk but I'm okay with that you know, I forgive them. My campus pastor was a jerk to me. He didn't recognize my gift or was rude about something else. And Okay, but as Christians, we need to quit writing down every time we're offended. All right? Now, a couple of months ago, I was in Australia, and I sent an, a sermon back. And we were celebrating all the funds that we had gotten pledged. Anybody remember that sermon? I was like, okay. Do you remember what I said? I said, so now watch what'll happen. Satan is going to come in in the next few weeks and really start getting people upset. Do you remember I said that? I said, so many people who are really, 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 really happy right now are going to be absolutely furious in a few weeks. And I said, you say, how do you know that? Because we've been around for a long. We know this is how it works. You know, it's not like Satan's never done this before. We've been at this for a long time. And whenever God does something great, all of a sudden, people will start getting upset about it. I said, watch out for it. Be careful for it. Be careful for it. And what happens? It's exactly what happened. And people started getting upset. And okay, they're upset. And some of you might still be upset. At some point, just calm down. You know, well, Pastor, I don't like what you said or what you did. Okay. I'm sorry. What are you supposed to do? Forgive and move on. No, I'm not going to forgive. I get to have things the way I want to. No, you're definitely the wrong church. <laughs> because that's not the way it works. And it's not the attitude of serving. Servants serve. And they do whatever they got to do. But I promise you, Satan is always looking for ways to get people upset. I just got word this last week that we sent out letters 
to all the people in our church who gave and pledged and thanking them for their involvement and this is how much you pledge and this is how much this has come in and <laughs> whatever mail processing organization that was working for us screwed it up and sent the wrong letters to wrong people which means a bunch of you saw numbers that you shouldn't have seen and someone might have seen your numbers that you now did we do this no did we want to do this no did they even mean to do it no but did they do it yes now it's still i'm stunned that they would do this but i'm not shocked why i know the devil again who is the most upset that we're willing to start raising money to advance the kingdom of god the devil so he's like people emotionally upset they'll start doing things where someone starts getting information now i apologize if your letter went to the wrong person and if you saw sally's numbers that you shouldn't have seen just rip it up okay uh but all i can say is if you're really upset about it what are you supposed to do forgive. you forgive we even have to forgive the mailhouse how you screw this up i don't know i mean but i'm not shocked by it there's always something there's always going to be something that will tick people off i would love to say we live in a perfect world we don't live in a perfect world but we need to learn we need to have the attitude i am going to serve and here's the thing the bible says if you will humble yourself god will lift you up how many of you want God to lift you up and bless your life? I mean, seriously, you need to find ways to serve. This is how you do it. You know, some of you have businesses that are really struggling, really struggling, and when you're asking God to bless you and help you, so, Pastor, what can I do? Here's the, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you. Find the most humiliating, disgusting job in the church. Volunteer for it. And do it and smile every Sunday morning. Well, I ain't gonna do that. Well, that's up to you, okay? But if you do it, it's, it's, see, we want God to lift us up, but we don't want to humble ourselves. Find a place to serve. Find somewhere where you can give to others. There's this attitude, if you will humble yourself, God will lift you up. If you give, it will be given to you. All these principles, and all based around this attitude of serving, obedience, forgiveness, being willing to live your life so that others can be blessed. Most of us get it with our children most because we take great abuse from them <laughs> most of us get it with our spouses a lot of us take a lot of nonsense from them but we have a very short world that's about as much as we'll let it happen but at some point we have to even take that into the church where we're willing to give to serve to be talked to in a way that we don't like to be taken advantage of even though no one intends it but in our hearts attitudes i want to serve i want to do whatever i can because jesus taught guys here's what he said to his disciples the way up is the way down that's what he taught the greatest among you will be your servant the most successful among you will be your slave he who is first will be last the last will be first he said this in dozens of different ways we're about to get into some of the teachings that he is coming up now as he goes into jerusalem and he's going to use these examples not always of a servant but sometimes a son being told what to do or an employee being told what to do and all, all this he's using in the analogy of the kingdom of god at some part in the kingdom of god you are told what to do now we don't go on just telling people we ask people you know but we need to have a servant's heart. So God, I'm willing to humble myself 
so that I can serve others. And if someone hurts me in the process, my first response will be to forgive them. Okay, now, if at some point it does become abusive, then bring it up. But again, I don't know of anyone who has that kind of power over anybody anyway. We just, you know. But if you feel you're being abused, okay, bring it to us and we'll talk to you and try and fix it. But uh, by and large, we just need to learn to let go, to let God. You want to go up? Everybody raise their hands. I'm sure in the other camps they all raise their hands. Yeah, I want to go up, I want to go up. The way up is the way down. What can I do to serve? Because when we serve, we're being many ways the most like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and help us, oh God. These are painful, uncomfortable subjects, but they're subjects that need to be taught because you taught them. And there's more coming up. And you're trying to get across to your disciples this idea of servanthood. Lord, we live in a wonderful free land that is blessed beyond measure. But oftentimes, when we have very, very much, we start thinking we don't need much, and uh, we can get a sense of entitlement, and it is what it is. But Lord, even in the richest country in the world, when we step into the church, help us to learn to serve. Help us to learn to step down so that we can be lifted up. Help us to learn to give so that we can receive and in all the various different ways. And Lord, when somebody hurts us, or doesn't treat us in the right way. Help our first response always to be to forgive the transgression. Because when we do this, we're being the most like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Help us. This is a, <laughs> these are big, big things for us to learn. We're not going to learn it in a couple of sermons, Lord. But, and anyone who's mad at me for just whatever I said, <laughs> help them to forgive. As we learn what it means to serve. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.